everyone and welcome to NBTV. This is our weekly crypto beat show. We dive into everything that you need to know about what's going on in the world of cryptocurrency and financial sovereignty. We've got a lot of juicy stuff to go into today. Before we get started, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It really does help our video get seen by a much larger number of people. And it's a no cost way to help out the channel if you like this content. So definitely hit that uh, hit that button if you find this stuff valuable. And uh, before we get started, I wanna remind you guys, we do do a quiz show every time we start the crypto beat live show we put out questions at the bottom of the show when you see those questions those banners appear type in your answers in the comments and at the end of the show we will announce a winner they will achieve crypto beat glory it is the best glory that you could possibly win you get crypto beat eternal glory if you are selected as the winner and if you have answered every question correctly so let's dive straight into this because we got a lot of stuff to cover here so to start off with big news this week OFAC which is the US Treasury Office of Foreign Asset Control they're basically the organization in charge of sanctions they added BitRiver which is a crypto mining firm to its list of sanctions. And they also added uh, 10 of BitRiver's subsidiaries. Now, BitRiver is one of the largest Bitcoin mining hosts in Europe. It operates in six data centers. Uh, there are another three under construction. The reason this is such huge news is because this is the first time that the Treasury has designated a virtual currency mining company. It's the first time they've actually sanctioned a crypto miner. So a, a big new step uh, in, uh, in a scary direction there. But let's dive into the details of this. So this move obviously is part of the ongoing effort to block Russia from accessing the global uh, financial network. There's a whole bunch of sanctions going on related to Russia at the moment. The hope is that financial penalties might convince Russian president to withdraw his troops uh, after the invasion of the of, uh, of Ukraine. So there have been some Russian banks that have also been blockaded from the International Swift Bank Connections Network. Lots of sanctions going on. Now, BitRiver actually responded to coin desk in response to the sanctions they called the OFAC sanctions unfair they called it anti-competitive they said that this is a move that's primarily just to benefit US miners so let's dig into this a little bit um, now, BitRiver, in terms of its location, it's known for its Bitcoin mining centers in Siberia. Now, the company plans to double its headcount in Russia to over 700 employees by the end of 2022. Um, this is what the uh, CEO of BitRiver told Coindesk. Now, it's interesting because, like, is BitRiver even a Russian company? Is it not some media outlets are saying, well, this is a, a Russian crypto miner? Well, it was founded in Russia, 2017, but it currently operates out of three offices uh, across Russia. But in 2021, BitRiver actually shifted legal ownership of its assets to a Switzerland-based holding company. So jurisdiction is a little bit um, unclear there. Now, uh, because BitRiver's parent company is based in Switzerland, uh, the CEO of BitRiver said that they have actually never provided services to Russian government institutions or worked with ent entities already targeted by sanctions. Uh, so they say that this is an incredibly unfair move that is targeting them. They also said that these US actions should obviously be viewed as interference in the crypto mining industry and unfair competition and an attempt to change the global balance of power in favor of American companies. Now, here's an excerpt 
from the official statement from the US Treasury, which has some really interesting nuggets into that I just wanted to highlight because I think they're important. So they said, by operating vast server farms that sell virtual currency mining capacity internationally, these companies, so companies like BitRiver, help Russia monetize its natural resources. Russia has a comparative advantage in crypto mining due to energy resources and a cold climate. However, mining companies rely on imported computer equipment and fiat payments, which makes them vulnerable to sanctions. So some interesting things that I will sort of break up there. Essentially, I mean, when they're talking about how they don't want Russia to monetize its natural resources, this is actually a preemptive strike from the Treasury. This isn't that, you know, this company, BitRiver, has done anything wrong. This is a preemptive strike because they don't want Russia taking advantage of its comparative advantage that they have in the crypto mining industry. Now, David Carlyle, who's vice president at Elliptic, he called the sanctions an unprecedented action and a preemptive strike to prevent Russia from leveraging its energy resources for crypto-enabled sanctions evasion. And he also said that as Western sanctions tighten on Russia's energy sector, Russia will be increasingly incentivized to monetize its energy resources through mining. Now, this isn't based on just conjecture. This comment that they, um, they gave to Coindesk it actually is based on other countries doing similar things. So Iran has generated as much as a billion dollars by mining Bitcoin in the past. And Russia is clearly intent on preventing, uh, OFAC, sorry, is clearly intent on preventing Russia from following Iran's playbook is what David Carlyle said. So really interesting things going on there. It's not that this company has done anything wrong. It's not that, you know, they're, they're a bad company, not that they're servicing government officials or anyone who's been sanctioned. They've been preemptively cut off because the US doesn't want Russia to enter into the crypto mining marketplace even more. It doesn't want it leveraging its comparative advantage when it comes to the energy sector and cold climate and all the things that make uh, crypto mining uh, great there. It is, I think it's the third uh, largest hub of crypto mining in the world. So the US is very cognizant of that, sees that as a threat and sees that as a way that Russia might evade sanctions. I mean, lots of reports that have um, uh, been put together, lots of research that actually there is no noticeable use of cryptocurrency for evading sanctions in Russia. It's just not occurring right now. So this is actually a preemptive strike because the US you know, is guessing that this is going to be something that will help Russia in the future. Interesting and I think pretty unfair that they're doing this. Another interesting thing that the Treasury said in their statement, they said that OFAC has designated this holding company, BitRiver, uh, for operating or having operated in the technology sector of the Russian Federation economy. So they've been sanctioned, the Treasury said, for operating or having operated in Russia. Like, I, I mean, McDonald's has <laughs> operated in Russia. Are they going to get sanctioned too? Or is this just like a crypto specific thing? Like clearly US is targeting the crypto sector right here. It's not that they've you know, evaded sanctions or helping anyone evade sanctions or anything right now or servicing the, continuing to service the Russian economy and all these things. Like it's, a, it's, it's that they once operated 
in the technology sector of the Russian Federation economy. It's just, it's just a very strange uh, situation. I don't think that this is the last that we're going to see of all this. I think that governments around the world are going to continue to come down harder and harder on the crypto industry. I think they're going to continue to see it increasingly as a threat. And this is really just the beginning of this. I think Russia is really an excuse for governments to start to target the crypto industry. We'll see how all this plays out, but that's just my uh, guess there. Will has asked in the question, do you think uh, sanctions sort of apply to crypto? It's a great question. I think that, you know, I, I would love to hear your responses in the chat about that. Let's dive into this and, and get some comments firing there. But I want to go on to another topic here. Uh, interesting comments from Ripple CEO. So Ripple CEO, Brad Garlinghouse, actually told CNBC last week at the Paris Blockchain Week Summit some interesting things, you know, his take on the crypto sector. And I thought he, he brought up some good points. He said that Bitcoin tribalism is inhibiting the entire crypto industry. And I wanted to break apart some of his comments and the reasoning for saying this, the effects of tribalism, all of that. So just to summarize, if someone's watching this and you're new to crypto and you're like, Bitcoin tribalism, I don't really understand what all this is. So there is this phenomenon in the crypto industry where people, it's not just people who find their preferred cryptocurrency and decide to you know, stick to their currency. They actively tear down other currencies. It gets pretty vicious. It's like it's a pretty toxic, negative environment of, of a lot of clashing factions. Um, obviously, this is this does not uh, this does not describe the entire crypto industry. The crypto industry, I think, is great. I love it. There's a lot of collaboration, interesting innovation across all sectors. There are factions, though, that can get very tribal. And Brad Garlinghouse is, is kind of pointing a finger at those factions and saying this is actually hurting the whole industry. Um, now, as far as I'm concerned, I just want to lay this out there. So I think people being able to opt into a currency of their choice rather than being forced to use a government-controlled currency is a beautiful thing. I encourage you know, I even if I don't particularly like that currency. Um, oh, we've got quiz question number two in the chat. Don't forget to add your answers there. This one, this one made me giggle. All right, anyway, sorry. Um, but I'm like to kind of summarize all of this. Basically, I value competition in the market. I think everyone should. I think it might makes the market better. I'm grateful that we do now have a choice because before Bitcoin came along, we were forced to use government controlled money and any alternative was immediately shut down. Bitcoin was the first currency that was decentralized and couldn't be shut down. So it's this wonderful phenomenon. It's led to this blossoming of all these different tools. Some of it's snake oil, some of it's really cruddy, um, but some of it is really developing very interesting technology. And uh, I think just the fact that people can opt into whatever they want is really, really cool. You know, they can make their own choices, which is is great. Now, the weird thing with the crypto space is that when you have competition in the marketplace, it's become very tribal and vicious. Like you don't see that sort of tribalism with the competition in the toothpaste market or something, right? You don't have like, oh, I'm Tom's from Maine toothpaste club and someone else is like, oh, I'm Colgate. And they don't like battle it out and like try to tear each other down. It's like, oh, they just, probably don't even think about it and like oh you use that brand of toothpaste cool i'm going to use this one like great that you have your choice but for crypto for some reason it just becomes very vicious it's this idea of winner takes all mentality which i think is very strange and incorrect uh brad actually said uh you know made a quote saying all boats can rise in this industry which i agree with i'll dive into that in a second but 
basically he drew this analogy between the crypto sector and the you know tech sector in like the 90s he said yahoo could be successful and so could ebay they're solving different problems there's different use cases and different audiences and different markets and i think a lot of those parallels exist today so this idea of you know crypto becoming this toxic tribal environment Garlinghouse actually pointed out in his interview that the effects of this go further than just creating an unpleasant environment, an unpleasant atmosphere. It has actually led to fractured representation when it comes to lobbying US lawmakers, and this is important. He says that the lack of coordination in Washington, D.C. amongst the crypto industry, he says he finds it to be shocking. Now, he also says polarization isn't healthy in my judgment, but let's dive into some of this, um, these uh regulatory battles that are going on because there's a lot of them right now and i actually wanted to to pull up a tweet which kind of <laughs> summarizes it pretty well like garlinghouse said you know he owns bitcoin and ether and some other cryptocurrencies he said in this economy all boats can rise there's this great tweet that um i think it was tweeted out by library and it says oh, i'm sure glad the whole isn't on our end and you've got like bitcoin you got like, ether on one side of the boat that's that's up in the water and then on the other side you've got library and you've got uh ripple who are like you know they well you've got xrp they're kind of bailing out the boat but if that boat sinks they're all going to go down the point is is that we have so many fights going on in dc right now that affect the future of cryptocurrency and are so important and people are really not paying attention to them because oh it's not their tribe they're not helping to fight this battle because oh it's not going to affect us and i don't think people realize the long-lasting effects of the current battles going on the current lawsuits i want to give a very 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 brief overview um of this so ripple they've been engaged in a legal battle with the sec starting at the end of uh 2020 over whether xrp should be treated as a security or a cryptocurrency library is embroiled in a similar lawsuit they've been battling the sec for years at this stage um it wasn't revealed until i think it was about a year ago um when it, the lawsuit was actually brought to light but the same thing if you actually read the SEC's case against library, it's that they have a currency that has value on the open market. Apparently that means it's a security according to the SEC. Oh, they have something that is being continually worked on. It's not a finished product. So is everything in crypto. Everything is being continually worked on. I don't know a single tech product that isn't being continually developed and improved. So the SEC has basically written this long list of things that make library a security and uh lbc uh token if you have used the library video platform you'll understand that this is really the fuel of the library ecosystem you can't use their video platform without this it's this utility token that makes everything function i post all my stuff there there's a great community there i love it if you're watching this on library right now sending all my love to you guys i like that you are trying out these alternative platforms um but you will know that if you're on those platforms that you can't post a video without using LBC. Uh, you can't support people without, um, you know, LBC is, is is integral in supporting people on the platform. They've since added fiat payments as well. But, you know, L LBC for years and years was the only way that you could actually help other uh, people's content. So, and it's also the way that your content gets uh, seen. So there are lots of things in this battle that make it scary for cryptocurrency in general, because what the SEC has laid out can be extrapolated and applied to like basically every cryptocurrency out there. Library didn't even have an ICO. 
And it's not that they had this big ICO and SEC targeting for that. They, they didn't have an ICO. So it is a bit scary when you have these big cases like Ripple, like Library that are being fought and this fractured crypto community isn't standing behind them because, oh, well, that's not my tribe. You know, I don't like that currency. If these go down, it's going to be really, really easy for the SEC to go after so many other cryptocurrencies. It's important for people to, to understand that. Now, um, Gallinghouse also said that it's led to a divide in representation when it comes to calling on US lawmakers to address regulatory strategies. And uh, it, it just, you know, it's a very interesting situation here. Just to give you a little bit of more history of the um, uh, Ripple case, because I think there have been some interesting developments in the past couple of months. So in February, actually, there were some uh, interesting things that happened that actually um, Ripple made some headway in its court case with the SEC. So a couple of important things that happened. The judge in the case ordered several documents, important documents to be unsealed. And as well as that, they allowed Ripple to maintain its fair notice defense under which uh, it can say if it had fair notice or not from the SEC over whether its XRP sales constituted security sales. Now, SEC tried to strike this down. They tried to get this removed from the case. It ends up that the judge said, no, it can stay. And Jeremy Hogan, who is a partner at Hogan Legal, said that the fair notice defense is actually crucial in this case. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen um, with all of this. Apparently, the fair notice defense, if this survives and Ripple wins, then the SEC, according to um, this lawyer, says that it, they're going to have an uphill battle winning any other lawsuit they bring. So I think it's just important to remind people that when you have uh, alternative currencies that people can choose to opt into of their own volition, just all these competing alternatives out there, the SEC isn't really targeting individual ones. It seems that they're trying to go after the crypto industry. They're trying to control the crypto industry as a whole. And as long as we keep thinking of ourselves as fractured tribes, it's going to be harder for us to fight this battle. And uh, they're really going after the ability for people to actually access alternative currencies. They really don't want people to have that out. They want US dollar to be supreme and they're really fighting for that right now. So just kind of summarize here, I do think it's important that as a crypto community, even if you don't like another coin, you know, just recognize that there is a battle going on right now and there is a common enemy and it may be in crypto's best interest to explore relationships with other tribes rather than trying to you know shut them down for certain reasons because i think that together we're stronger as a community but my opinion i'd be totally happy to have others have alternative viewpoints let me know if you disagree uh, i would love to chat with you about it and and see your point of view in all of this uh, i want to go over the quiz questions now we always try to have quiz questions in every crypto beat show to just broaden your your understanding of the crypto space keep your brains ticking uh see what you guys know about this and uh, keep it fun so the quiz questions today we had number one you're at a party and people start talking about crypto do you and the correct answer is c be as discreet with your crypto as you are with the cash in your wallet when i say correct answer this is what nbtv thinks is um a, a reasonable thing for people to do again take it or leave it but 
a lot of people i think put themselves in a position of vulnerability or danger by being very open about their crypto holdings about their security practices about the assets that they hold uh, i don't know i don't walk around telling people how much is in my bank account so i don't see why uh people should do that with crypto either i, I would be careful and just uh yeah be a little bit more discreet with that but again would love to hear your opinion if you if you'd rather um behave uh, in a different way number two who created gemini this question made me giggle uh it's actually the winklevoss twins army hammer obviously is the man who played the winklevoss twins in social networks so um yeah that i like that question and what is a mining pool it is a group of crypto miners that contribute hash power and share rewards and we do have a winner so i'm going to invite my wonderful producer sam edero onto the show and he's going to announce our winner here's a drum roll for our crypto winner thank you so much <laughs> naomi we're gonna have to get you a trap kit and do that for real sometime get you a snare little, absolutely a little, little jazz kit all right our winner today zach duncan youtube viewer zach duncan congratulations you have received eternal crypto beat glory yay the crowd goes wild we love crypto beat glory all right so it's an then, awesome as thing always naomi. we like to share information about our viewers our audience members that is completely not made up and definitely factual so what are some things that the, the audience can learn about zach oh zach is my kind of guy here he loves the fibonacci number of course dig into that all? one <laughs> dig into that one i know i do i was excited when i saw that uh, the movie <laughs> Mona Lisa Smile and very much appreciates and loves a spirited intellectual debate that respects both points of view. That is a rarity these days. So, Zach, you are most welcome on NBTV. Congratulations. You are most welcome here, Zach. We do love that too. We love hearing your point of view. Make sure that you share it with us. If there's anything that you did agree with, let us know in the comments. Anything you didn't agree with, let us know as well. Let's get that conversation going because it's only by civil discourse that we can learn from each other and grow our understanding of the world. And on that very moralizing note, I will leave you all to have a wonderful weekend. Go and enjoy yourselves. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we are back to our usual time. We will be at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time on Thursday for the Privacy Beat Show and 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for the Crypto Beat Show. Go have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thanks for tuning in.